Welcome to The Modern Mixed. I'm your host, Emily Bowie. Thanks so much for joining me today. This is episode three, and we are talking about audio school. And I'm going to tell you, I got a lot to say about it. So the whole debate of audio school gets brought up a lot in the mixing, mastering, any sort of audio engineering topics and communities and whether or not you should go. And I'm just going to say right now that I know there's a lot of opinions on this, but I'm going to be sharing my personal experience with audio school. And I just want to kind of get out of the way that obviously this is something that is going to be you know, based on whether you want to go or not. But if you are looking at the pros and the cons, and we'll get all all over that, then this is the episode that you're going to want to listen to. So right off the bat, I want to say that if you have the money, and if it is a great audio school, if it's got everything that you need, and you've already done your research, by all means, fantastic. Go learn a lot you know, study hard, and, you know, you'll probably have some benefits from that. But I'm going to bring it back just a little bit here and tell you about my experience, my story in audio school. Now, this is quite some years ago that I decided I wanted to go into the music industry. I wanted to go into the production part of it. And more specifically, I wanted to go into the engineering part of that. Now, I guess I will show my age just a little bit here, but I graduated in the year 2000. That's right, leaders of the new millennial. That was what it said on my class ring. But, so, I'm from outside of Nashville. I won't say exactly where, but born and raised Tennessee. So I knew of a couple of schools. One, you had Belmont University. It's a private school, very expensive, in Nashville. And then you had, at the time, I believe, the largest state school in Tennessee, which was MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. And they had a program. They had a recording industry program in their mass communications area. And I just thought it was fantastic. I kind of knew the Belmont thing wasn't going to work out, but the Belmont is, I felt like back then it was a little more focused on the kind of the music business area. And as I'm doing my research, you know, I kind of started liking the business side of it as well. That's, it's always been interesting to me. Very fascinating, kind of very intertwining. But MTSU was probably going to be a little bit more affordable to go to. So that's where I kind of set my sights on. Of course, also, I was an athlete and quite a good one. And I couldn't give up my sport. I played softball. And I really wanted to play in college. I just wasn't ready to give that up quite yet. I had dedicated a a huge part of my life to it, just as I have music. But it was something that I knew I could play in college because they had people looking at me. And it just wasn't quite ready to give that up. And of course, you know, you're 18 years old. You're not really thinking about a career. 
You know, you know there's no career in softball, but it's a passion and you just didn't want to give it up quite yet. It's a huge accomplishment to go play college ball. And so I found out that MTSU did not have a softball team. They were to later get one. But like I said, this was quite some time ago. And so I put those kind of college degree dreams on hold and I went and played ball for a different school. And after a couple of years, I kind of started to regret it. However, while I was at the school that I attended to play ball, I was taking business classes because I knew that if I wanted to do the music business, that I would need to take some of those business classes anyway. So I, w- I was still kind of preparing to either transfer or graduate and then go a couple more years at a school that offered that program. Get all your core classes out of the way. Hell, looking back on it, I probably would have just gone to a JUCO because if you're going to go to college and you don't quite know what you want to do yet or that program's not available, that's exactly what you should do. But anyways, one of the reasons that I actually chose the school that I chose to go play ball at is because I told them, you know, you know, it's kind of up in the air. I, you know, I either play ball or I go and do what I want to do in music business. And they kept telling me that they were going to get a music business program at the school that I went to. And they eventually did. That is part of the story. But we will go chronologically here. And so did that. Then decided after my sophomore year that I just the softball love was dying and I had to go fulfill my dreams and major in audio engineering at MTSU. And at MTSU, they make you pick, right? You either pick the music business side or you pick the audio engineering side. And that was kind of hard too because I wanted to pick, you do all of it, right? They offer a lot of classes. And so if you if you wanted to do both, you'd be there for the long haul. And so it was a little, it was a little weird. I went up there. I had all my transfer credits. I even went and took a extra class the summer after my sophomore year at my smaller college, because you needed a full year of history to go to a state school. And I did all that. And then I get there. I'm at orientation. I'm picking my classes. And none of the classes, I, none of them would let me pick those classes. And I couldn't understand why. So I had to go and talk to an advisor. And they said that you can't take any of those classes. You have to take your 100 level classes, which are like your freshman and sophomore classes. I would I was registering in as a junior. And the reason that I couldn't take those classes or that they wouldn't allow me to pick them is because the classes that were coming from my small private liberal arts college where I played ball didn't transfer to the four-year state school. That was a huge blow. So basically, they told me that I would have to take all of my English, all of my physical science and biology, all of my history, except for the one that I took, the semester that I took in a junior college that summer. None of that transferred. And it was super disappointing. I was basically heartbroken over it. And so I had to go back. I even asked, told my coach what happened, asked if I could come back and play ball and have my scholarship. And they said yes, and so I came back and I finished out 
and graduated from the small liberal arts college, played four-year ball, and just felt kind of lost after that. I felt like I needed to go and get that degree that I had made a huge mistake because I had nothing to show for it. And this is a time before YouTube, really. It was a few years before that. You couldn't really learn anything. There were no studios around where I was. I was in more or less, you know, West Tennessee area. You had Memphis, but they weren't really doing anything back then. There was a couple of them. There was a couple of studios, but they were they were really small unless you were going to uh, the old Sam Phillips recording studio. Not Sun Studio. That was not what I'm talking about. But even then, you had Ardent. But they were kind of like a close-knit thing. They weren't really taking like outside people letting internships go there. And so I just felt like I didn't know what to do. I would get some books to read. Wasn't really aware of Pro Tools at the time that you could do your home studio. It was a little bit before that kind of took off. It, it was out there, but it was just, it wasn't great. And I didn't, ha- I didn't have a way to learn it. And so fast forward a couple of years, my old school said that they finally got that music business and production program that they kept telling me they were getting the next year. No, the next year. No, the next year. They finally got it. It was two years after I graduated. I was still in town. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna give them a call. Because I knew all of my classes, it was the same school. So all of my classes were there, I would probably only have to go for a couple of semesters and I could have that degree. So I call them up. You know, I asked them about the program and, you know, it was just one disappointment after another because the classes that they were telling me that I would have to take was a basic marketing, a business writing class, you know, all these business classes, economics, and then the music part of it, they wanted me to pick an instrument. You would take guitar, you would take piano, you would take violin, harp, choir. So I told, I asked them, I said, so your, your music business program is just straight up business classes and straight up music classes. Where's the recording? Where's this stuff? And they were, they were like, oh, we have, you know, a couple of electives for that. But there was, there was, there was no studio. There was no recording equipment this this was a joke this was like a brick room concrete room that had like a pro tools three rig in it i mean it was so you know that was another disappointment another door closed so after that is when youtube kind of came along and i started to watch as many videos as i could i was watching these videos i remember there was a couple of guys i don't even remember what their channel was but they were they were talking about pro tools and it was very early pro tools very early and they had like a little rig and a little inbox with it and i just watched them i watched them they they had like you know their little they had like their little pa system that they would record through, and then they would take that out and then go in like a two track 
into their little two input inbox and that's how what they would record and I would just watch that I didn't have any of any gear at the time I was just watching I was just soaking in all the information I was like oh okay pro tools like that's something I need to look into and uh, a couple of years before that I had gotten some something called Sony acid it was like some recording software that Sony was putting out and I honestly I think it eventually turned into Ableton because that's exactly what it looked like. But it came with some some loops. And so I was kind of playing around with that. I had like this little digital guitar pedal thing that you could add drums to. And and you could use that almost as an interface. But so, you know, just kind of picking up pieces along the way, learning, educating myself. And finally, the University of Memphis bought my old school. That's right. This old school, I don't even say the name because it's embarrassing now. But they went under, went bankrupt, basically. Really bad administration and everything. So the University of Memphis bought it. And they were like, you know, we're going we're gonna to actually turn that music business program into something. And we're going to call it Entertainment Music Industry. And the entertainment music industry program is going to be exactly what we say it is. It's going to be, you know, all these programs, you're going to have music production, you're going to learn mixing, you're going to learn mastering, you're going to learn how to record, how, you, how to record the, uh, the songs that they're writing in the songwriting class. You know, wow, that sounds really cool. That sounds exactly how they, de- how they described the program at MTSU. And so I was like, you know, it's meant to be, this is what I'm going to do. And I went and I taught, I went and tried to meet with the, uh, the one and only teacher for the program. There was one teacher, one, which was also the advisor for this program. And I kind of knew them around town a little bit. I knew that they were involved in music. They were always at open mic at the bar, you know? And so I met with them and they were telling me, oh yeah, you know, we're going to be recording and mixing I've got this studio put together on campus and you're gonna have an internship because believe it or not you're not gonna get an internship at least any at any commercial studio in Tennessee at least because what they're all in Nashville there's a handful in Memphis but they're not gonna take you as an intern unless you are going for college credit and they're working with the university. It's just not going to happen. I promise they're not going to hire you for just a straight out intern. You have to be there collecting college credit. So I was like, wow, that's my in. So that's my in to these internships and to these studios because I'll be a full-time student. And I was promised that. I, I remember it clear as day. This advisor telling me all the connections they had in Nashville, who they all knew. And I was like, wow, that's really good. And, you know, I should have known better, though, at that point, because I'm like, what are you doing in this little town that's actually has nothing to do with music anymore? We'll get to that. So I go up there and I register for my classes. I register for student loans. And I'm enrolled as a full-time student for the entertainment music industry program. And I go for two years. All I needed was two years because I had went to that other school that the University of Memphis had bought. 
and turned it into their own smaller campus. All of my classes transferred, so I only had to go for four semesters. It was two years. And first semester was pretty cool. I was learning some things, took music theory. That was very interesting. I feel like I've, I have benefited from that. Took two semesters of that. Very hard. It was really kind of hard for me, but, you know, I studied. It was stuff that came fairly natural. I wanted to, to learn it. Made the dean's list, all that great, great stuff that you, you know, aspire to do in college. But then about the end of my third semester, so right before the last semester that I had, I was, you know, waiting to talk about my internship. And I was real excited about it. And we had a meeting about it. And I was, you know, he, I had been told, like, you know, we're going to work with some, some of the studios in Nashville. You know, wow, wow, mind blown, like my heart, you know, full. And then this guy, my advisor, my only teacher, right? The, the only guy that taught any of the music entertainment classes. Um, asked me, because I had a friend who worked at one of the local radio stations, asked me if my friend who worked at the radio station could get me an, an internship there. And I laughed. I said, why would I do that? This is the music business program. This is entertainment music industry program. You know, we're supposed to be in studios. If I wanted to go into radio, I would have gone into advertising because radio is not the music business. I don't care what anyone says, what anyone claims it is. Radio is the advertisement business. That's how it makes its money. Um, and so at that point, I was like, this guy is a total fraud. He's been telling me and other students about internships in actual studios in Nashville. And it's it was just fake. It was just lies. There was this studio that had just been built in the town the local where I was going to school and he was was finally like oh I will all right I can get you into this place I'm like wow <laughs> you really are a fraud you really don't have any connections like that's that's sad and that is something that you know what I learned and I'm don't trust a lot of people now when they start talking a little bit bigger than what you think they are. So there was this recording studio down the street that hardly anybody knew about, hardly anybody recorded at. I even felt sorry for the guy, the main engineer, who they brought from Nashville to work that that studio because nobody was ever there. This is a you know this is a this is a town just west of the Tennessee River. Like, no one's, no one's recording there. Or no one's going to pay money to, to come down there. The place stayed, you know, afloat because, you know, one of the elitist of the town had it as a little side project. He just wanted to own it. Didn't know anything about music. Didn't, know, didn't even know how to turn on the uh, console. But hired a guy to come down from Nashville to run it. And that poor guy, he was miserable there. I think he he eventually left and that studio is like closed now because nobody was ever there to record. But that was where I interned 
They interned there and basically would just get a call if somebody had come down to record. It was mostly local people that you have heard of for over a decade at the time. They just did it. It was just their hobby to come in there and make a record. There was no like produ- or uh, promotions behind any of the, the albums that were made there, any of the songs. Just something to go play around with. Um, they did have a pretty nice board, a Trident B. Kind of a standard, I don't know, 80s, 90s Nashville thing. Some pretty decent mics but hardly ever used. And that was super disappointing. I stayed there through the summer, even after I graduated. Oh, and then and then when I went in to talk to my advisor after graduation, you know, like, hey man, like you said all this stuff. Like you're you're supposed to be my advisor too, like, like you know, helping me write letters and recommendations to places that I can go apply to. But it didn't matter because none of those places would have known who this person was. And I'll never forget this. And I still, I kept this card. He gave me an index card. He wrote down, wrote down on this index, on this index card, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, and SoundExchange. That's what he wrote down. He wrote, hand wrote down those companies and said, try these. And that was it. And I looked at that and I thought, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Not only am I $30,000 in debt for going back to this school. You have committed fraud in telling me convincing me to take this program to enroll in this program because you had all these connections and that it was a guaranteed thing oh 100% of our people go to on to do blah 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 those are lies all of them were lies and to be honest with you I don't even know a single person I don't there's not a single person that that's since in that program that's graduated that has had any sort of success in Nashville I'm sorry that they, they haven't. They they've stuck around that same town and do local stuff. They may run the, they run the soundboard at the new local place that's only open two days a week, and it may have a live act. I don't know, once a quarter. That town's dying, anyways. They have horrible local government, but gave me that card with with four names of three of them were performing rights organizations the other ones i mean sound exchange like for your master recordings even though the program was my my niche my my sort of area in that was the production side of it oh and here's another thing Uh, the whole reason that i found out about the recording revolution was because my teacher said we don't have a book for this class, but here, it, it wrote down the recording revolutions, like, learn the videos, learn learn the uh, things on this video. Which, by the way, I mean, I'm going to say it. That is one, if you had watched the, I don't know how they are now, because somebody else runs it, but those videos, half of them are, like, the worst advice in mixing and mastering that you could possibly, like, 
come across. And I don't know if it was just because of the limited resources that that Graham had or that he just really, really believed in the whole, I can do everything with stock Pro Tools stock plugins in my inbox. Like, that's not true. You can maybe get by on, like, if you're just trying to, like, say, hey, friend, I made this. Like, why don't you keep a copy? Maybe. But if you're actually trying to, like, you know, create something commercial, no. That's, that shit's so bad. Um, it may be better now, but back then it wasn't. Not at all. Horrible advice. Um, and then would be, like, and then made us download this app called MixBuddy. That, oh my God, like, so you're going to know how I feel about audio school just because I did have a horrible experience with mine. Like, I can't even imagine, like, somebody else doing that. And it's, I mean, I saw them and there were other students in there. Not a single one that I graduated with is doing anything in music right now. That is a fact. Nobody that I graduated with is doing anything in music right now. And it's sad. The biggest advice that I have about audio school is, like I said, if you have the money and that's, that's exactly what you want to do, awesome, go for it. That's your desire. You know, fulfill that desire. Also, make sure that you know where you're going. Now, if, I would have, if there would have been Blackbird, there was Blackbird Academy back then, that, that thing came along a year after I grad, I finished the program with my second degree. If I would have known about that program first, I would have just done that. And I don't even care how long it would have taken me to pay that off. It's, I think it's, it's around the same price. Maybe it's not even the... Because you only go for like, what, six months? And then they have the, you know, the studio side or you can go the live route. And they're setting you up on tours, man. Like, if you want, if you want the opportunity to have a career after you go to that program, you'll have one. It's all about, you know, how, how far you want to take it. I've been to that, that, uh, studio and I've sat in on a class because I, I took a short three-day internship there. That was just an opportunity that came along and took it. It was just what, you know, you gotta, you gotta grab these little opportunities along the way. But audio school, it's just not one that I say you have to grab. Um, but cl- but things like that, you know, and I'm sure there's some people listening right now that have had wonderful experiences going to audio school. You learned a lot. Your teacher was the mix engineer on, you know, Prince's When Doves Cry, which I've actually met him at Blackbird. But... I want to go over some of the pros because I don't want this to just be a a complete negative episode. I want to go over some of the pros that I feel Audio School does offer. One, the internships at a commercial studio because none of them in Nashville, I know for a fact, will hire an internship. Especially, the I mean, the ones that are putting out commercial records. I'm talking like labels or, you know, artists that have budgets from labels and stuff you know the majority of the ones around here you may find somebody that will be like yeah you can work in my basement studio for free and we'll call it an internship but these internships you, we're, we're supposed to 
to be able to use that and to use the name of that studio, to use the name of that head engineer to further ourselves into a paying career. And I don't know if the basement route's gonna gonna put you there. Um but internships, number one, the number one benefit and pro for going to an audio school. Number two, you get to learn from industry professionals, hopefully. Hopefully. And that's something that you can always look for on a website. You know, if, if, if the program has its own kind of page or site and it can tell you who the instructors are and who you're going to be learning from, you know, I mean, the, the, the person, the one person that was teaching us things has no credentials. There's no mixing, mastering credits besides their own in their office studio, Right. There's no experience. Another pro is hands-on experience. You get hands-on experience. Um, did I get any hands-on experience? Let's see. One time we set up a drum kit. We mic'd it. Other than that, hitting the number three on your keyboard to record, that was about that was about the extent of the hands-on experience at my program. Um, in-house resources is another pro. You've got all the gear, right? You're, you can learn about all that hardware gear. You can learn about all the plugins because they're going to have all of them. Like I said, if I had like we had stock stuff. We had stock plugins. That was it. And as far as like outboard gear, Oh, man, there may have been a distressor. I think there was like one one piece of analog gear that was like a compressor, and I'm pretty sure it was a distressor. I think that was about it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, oh, and then there was like that, you know, that rack? I guess that was how you got Pro Tools, that 11 rack, the, the orange one. Yeah, <laughs> real state of the art. Uh, you Another pro, you're getting actual experience in the day-to-day -day studio life. You know, how studios ran. Because there's a lot of other things that go on besides, you know, talking to the artist and saying, hey, you ready to record? There's a lot of stuff that goes on. A lot of studio, uh, you know, maintenance and, and just the day-to-day -day structure of that. You know, you're booking, you got to learn how to book clients routing, asking them what they need from you, and then just knowing, knowing how to engineer, knowing how to mic up something, knowing how to be innovative with that stuff. Because a lot of times the artists, they're, they're turning to you. They're going to be like, well, what do you think? How do you think I should plug this up, my guitar? How do you think I should mic this up? How do you think I should... Uh, record this uh, piano part. Do you think this work? You know, just a lot of that. It's, that's why it's called engineering. Learned none of that stuff. Learned all that on my own. Books, researching, talking to people, message boards. <sighs> Studio etiquette. You know, that's, that's, I'm a little, you know, I, a lot of people are very anal about that. Making sure you have to, you know, put your cables up a certain way. I'm like, well, if it looks, I just go with how it goes. <laughs> you know, circle, that's good. Let's go with me. 
So those are some of the biggest pros, I would say, for audio school. Um, and the cons, I mean, hella expensive. It's not cheap to do that at all. You know, that's why I always encourage people, like, if this is something you want to do, and you kind of want to, like, learn yourself and be able to, to bring that home studio environment to life, get the courses you find people who you like, who you trust, who you know is giving you solid advice. You know, like your girl, Emily, here. Get those courses, get those templates, because those people actually care. I mean, one of the main reasons that I'm doing this, and I'm going this sort of educational, this home studio educator route, at least parallel to my own mixing and mastering services is because I don't want people to go through what I had gone through. That I've, I felt like I was snowed, you know, like I was just conned into going and I was naive. I didn't know better. I thought that, I just thought that was what you did because that's kind of what we're just taught, right? If you want to learn how to do something, then you, that's what you major in. You go to college. I mean, times have changed a lot now. I don't think the colleges are looked at in that light or just not that bright a light. Oh, man. So if you do, you got to make sure that they have reputable educators with some background and credit. You just you have to. Um, they've got to have industry connections. If that's where you want to go. If this is like what you want to do as a career, there's a couple of different avenues. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm also, I have a steady clientele. I'm, I've built that up. You know, I do my mixing and mastering services, and then I do the education. Another con is that there's no guarantee that you'll have a job after finishing. Like, I've talked up Blackbird. It's great. I think there's a waiting list now, though. But... There's still not a 100% guarantee that you're going to have a career that's mirrored off of the program that you just completed. You, know, you, you may be going in to just file papers at ASCAP. <laughs> no, you'd probably be doing something a little better than that, but it's a possibility because there's no guarantees. Uh, another con is that there's a lot of competition. So that kind of goes with not guaranteeing a spot because you're, you're, you're competing with everybody that else that was in the program because you're all, you're all finishing at the same time. You know, you don't have freshmen, sophomores, juniors behind you. Like everybody's finishing at the same time. You know, an another reason that there might be a con to taking, you know, or going away to a school, there's not very many good ones. And so you might have to relocate. So that's also another con that's that gets expensive you know that's on top of the the tuition or however much the program fee is gets very expensive especially if you have to relocate and i don't know if if, if i had to do it all over again obviously i would definitely try to do the blackbird thing because i feel like i i would want to work in a commercial studio i've been in a couple of them i've got to intern sporadically at them you know right when when there's a when when I when I had to pay to be the intern right I had to pay to be be an intern so that's another thing um there's a lot of other options you know besides 
besides doing that. I think you can make a career. I mean, I'm doing it right now. I wish I wouldn't have had to spend the money and the time because that was a good decade. That was a good decade of waiting that I lost, that I feel like I could have been in the mix, so to speak. But here we are. You can't change the past. I can only offer you my experience and how I feel about it, just from those experiences. But, you know, if it's something that you've always wanted to do, then you should definitely do it. If it's definitely, if, if you're in a music town that, that's going to offer these internships and, and a little bit more of a guarantee, at least in connecting the dots. Now, you still have to work hard when you get to each of those dots, but at least they're there and they're visible. So that is my my story on how I've kind of gotten here and my thoughts on audio school. So take it however you want it. I hope that it has been beneficial to you and, you know, maybe maybe kind of guide you a little bit if, if that's what you want to do, if you were kind of on the fence about it. But if it's not, the good news is, is that there's tons of stuff out there that you can educate yourself with. And the home studio equipment, I mean, is just a million times better than what it was when I first bought, when I first got my first inbox in that, that little digi track guitar pedal thing that I use as an interface. Oh my God. Like, I mean, this Apollo over here sounds just as good as the things that I heard coming out of Blackbird. Like, I'm not lying about that. They know that's true. They have they have these things themselves. But anyways, hope that was helpful for you. And if you have any questions, please feel free to email me them. Emily at fairairmusic.com. I will answer all of them. I'll answer them here on the air. Once these things start getting out there and people start listening to them, then you'll be able to write those questions in and we'll answer them you know, in the next episodes. But I want to thank you all for listening and keep on making music because the more good music that you put out there, the more value we bring back to it. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next one. This has been episode three of The Modern Mix. <laughs>